It's Toronto's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening. I'm Philip Bliss, a business visionary and co-host of Toronto's Podcasts, part of the Canada's Podcast Network your source for great insights from entrepreneurs across Canada. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Mark Evans, someone that I've known for quite a few years, Mark. Mark spent 10 years as a technology reporter with two of Canada's largest newspapers and has four startups under his belt. I think Mark's become pretty famous for his unique brand storytelling approach to high-growth emerging companies that need to create a leadership position. Mark, as an entrepreneur, provides strategic and tactical guidance to develop effective content marketing. He regularly speaks and workshops in various locations. And as I said, I've known Mark since his journalism days and always love his insights. So, Mark, welcome to Canada's Podcasts. Thanks for having me, Phil. It's good to see you again. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself, you know, where you are today. Give us the details, you know, on your current business, uh, your interests, things like that. I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. So I spent spent 15 years as a technology journalist with uh, Globe Mail, the Financial Post, and Bloomberg News. And then I uh, jumped into the dot-com world and uh, became an entrepreneur. And for the last 10 years, I've been running a marketing consulting business. And I deal a lot with startups and a lot with fast-growing businesses. And I primarily do two things. One is around um, storytelling, brand messaging, brand positioning, helping companies figure out what what is your story, how are you different, how can you resonate with consumers amid fierce competition. And the other thing is I actually go in and I become like a a CMO for hire. So I head up marketing for these companies for anywhere from three months to a year and help them build out their their marketing teams and build a marketing engine. So I'm very immersed in both strategy and tactics. So what was that stop moment when you said, I don't want to be a journalist anymore, I want to be an entrepreneur? What, was it the job disappearing or was it, was it, or was it Mark's personal motivation? Well, it was a combination of both because I started getting approached by entrepreneurs. I was a technology reporter and I started getting approached by entrepreneurs looking for uh, advice about communications and storytelling. They had the technology down, they just didn't know how to tell their story. So that was one thing. And at the same time, journalism was getting tougher. This is in 2006. And they were looking at costs and they were trying to figure out, like, how can we save money? And I kind of saw the writing on the wall. And when I got an offer to leave to join a startup, I jumped at it because it just seemed to be the right offer at the right time. And it turned to be, you know, fairly pressing. I wish I was that smart to say I I knew what was going to happen. But, (laughs) you know, as in lifetime, is everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how long have you been? I mean, so you you left. I don't know. I mean, I know some of the story, You, you know. You, you worked for some startups, but really as a, a dedicated resource for them. When did you start to think about, you know, maybe I can do this better as an independent entrepreneur? So I had been working for a travel startup that was financed by Microsoft and VCs. And in 2008, which seems like a long time ago, we had a, we had a global credit crunch and startups were having a hard time raising venture capital and I got laid off. And, you know, I had a house and a mortgage and three kids and uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I got a a small severance package and I started sort of 
beating the bushes looking for work. And I started getting consulting gigs. And I thought to myself, this might be a good way to, to actually make a living. I wouldn't have to work for anybody. And one thing led to another. And all of a sudden, I had a consulting business. I, I often refer to myself as an accidental entrepreneur because it wasn't my plan to be an entrepreneur. I, I always liked being an observer as opposed to somebody who actually started a business. And once I got to the other side, I realized that I was an entrepreneur and, uh, <laughs> and I like running a business and I like selling. And, and uh, so it's been, it's been a great journey over the last 10 years. So, you know, what does a typical day look like for you? How do you maintain the kind of focus it needs, you know, to succeed and to have fun? I think we all like to have fun in our business. So, Well, being a consultant is, you, you have kind of like a, you have a split personality. There's work to be done and there's work to be, to be attracted. So you're always either doing or you're selling at the same time. And that's, that's one of the most challenging things for consultants is that when you're doing the work, you're not out getting new work. And when you're out getting new work, you're not doing the work. So you, it's, it's a balancing act at all times. And so uh, I always try to do some personal marketing every day. And that's either making a video for LinkedIn or writing blog posts or coming up with new marketing collateral or trying to brainstorm about a new ebook. And at the same time, you have clients to serve. And you've got to do the work and do good work. Because in my business, the most powerful marketing you can do is referrals is if you get referrals, then selling is easy. Mm -hmm. and, and good work gets you referrals. You know, uh, work that's okay, um, no one talks about you and no one recommends you. So, so it's, you're busy all the time doing a variety of things. So, you know, you gave us some sense, but what would you say is your business model and what is your long-term vision? So my business model is what I'd like to do is I'd like to uh, have ideally have long term long term strategic relationships with fast growing companies looking for marketing experience and expertise because you know when you have a relationship with a with a client you get to know their business inside out their technology their customers everything about them and and that way you can provide better more insightful advice and actually deliver value. When you're doing, you know, a two-week project here and a four-week project here, you're basically a tactician. You're one of these people who's working in the trenches. And, you know, I still do some of that work, but, you know, as I get older, I have less of an appetite for it because the stuff that I enjoy doing is strategic. It's leveraging my experience and my networks and, and all the things that I've learned along the way and helping people make better decisions. At the end of the day, that's, that's my biggest goal. Is I, I want to help entrepreneurs make the right decisions as opposed to mistakes. So what are the biggest benefits for you about being an entrepreneur in Toronto? You know, why here? You know, why not somewhere else? Well, as a Torontonian, we like to say that we're the center of the universe, regardless of whether that's true or not. But, I didn't say that. <laughs> but Toronto is, it, Toronto is Canada's, you know, economic engine. And what's even more um, amazing is that Toronto has emerged as a global startup um, hub. I mean, we've got, you know, I've been around the steam for a long time and it's amazing yeah. how the ecosystem has grown and expanded. And, you know, we're now known as one of the leading AI places in the world. So there's lots and lots of new businesses here. There's lots of money coming in. And in an ideal world, that means there's a lot of demand for marketing. So this, for me, this is the place to be in Canada because there's just so much happening. Okay. So you're, you're here, you're in a technology hub, which is pretty good for someone with your background. But, you know, we just do some of our best work outside the office. Is there a place in Toronto or close to the city where you like to go to recharge, to get inspired, to just think? 
Well, I don't know if there's a particular place, but I can tell you that there's a particular type of behavior. And for me, it tends to be when I get offline. So over the uh, holidays, for example, is that I wasn't online as much because I was doing other things, but I, I took a large notepad and I just started doodling and writing ideas down and, and ideas for blog posts and business ideas. And at the end of the two-week period, I had a notebook full of ideas. And this is something that I could never have done if I'm checking email and working for clients and writing blog posts. So mm-hmm. I think for any entrepreneurs, you have to give your, your t- yourself time to think. And you can be on a, on a beach or a hammock or you can be you know, having a beer at a pub or whatever it is, but you just need to sort of free your mind and get off your phone and just let the creativity flow. And when I look back at that two-week period about what I did, I mean, I had some amazing ideas. I, I, I allowed myself, almost gave myself permission to um, ideate. And I think that's the, my biggest lesson for entrepreneurs is, is just be good to yourself and, and allow yourself time to get off the grid so that you can actually get into, into thinking mode. Do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique, you know, different? That's an interesting question because the most brilliant entrepreneurs tend to be quirky or they tend to be strange. But I think for the most part, I mean, I think that's overstated, but I think entrepreneurs need to be curious and adventuresome and energetic and excited about lots of different things and interested because that's, and you have to sort of be passionate about what you do. I mean, I love being a marketing consultant because I wake up every morning, I can't wait to get started because I'm mm-hmm. passionate about creativity and helping entrepreneurs and, and, and helping them grow their businesses. And that's the key. I mean, if you, can, if, you can, if you sell what you believe in, then it makes working a lot more interesting. Yeah, I agree. What books are you reading now? You know, what, what things should our listeners be pulling out off the shelf and absorbing? Um, I'm really interested, like as you said, I do a lot of um, workshops and work around brand storytelling. But one of the things I'm really interested in these days is I'm uh, looking at sales storytelling and how salespeople tell stories because mm-hmm. the best salespeople these days aren't pushing product, they're not pushing features or benefits. They're actually telling stories about their company, their people, um, their customers. And um, there's a book I'm reading um, by Paul Smith, Sell with a Story. and and it's really interesting to read a different perspective about storytelling because as a marketer, we have a, diff- we have a particular view of the world. Um, but for sales, it's the same but different. And that's, I'm, I'm hoping actually to, to uh, develop a workshop around storytelling for sales because I think there's a lot of demand there. Doing what you do, it's pretty uh, overwhelming. I can, I can relate to that. How do you relax? How do you balance work and the family, you know, what are your favorite activities to, to do? So when my kids were younger, it was, it was great being at home and it was great you know, having that work-life flexibility because you could take them to school and pick them up and attend their events. But as I've gotten older, they obviously don't need you as much. And it's given me a lot more time to do work and to travel a little bit. So on that side, things evolve and things change. You spend your, your time doing different things. And on the personal side, there's a couple of things. One is um, I'm a very avid hockey player and a tennis player. And so I think physical exercise for any entrepreneur is really important because it allows your mind allows yeah. you to sort of unlock yeah. or, mm-hmm. or basically get completely to think of something else. So when I'm playing hockey, I'm not thinking about work. I have no time to think about work. The same goes for tennis. 
my wife and I do a lot of socializing and a big thing for us is travel. We take a lot of trips. We've taken some really big trips. Mm-hmm. And if you ever want to completely get off the grid then you know, go to Laos and Cambodia and, mm-hmm. uh, and that way you're, you're as far away from work as you can possibly imagine. You know, if you weren't doing what you do now, what would you like to do? What would be your other profession? Well, that's a loaded question. I think I'd like to write books. I think I think it'd be great if I could just spend all my time but writing you, books. But you do that anyway. <laughs> I do write books, but I have more time to do them. But um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I'd like to be doing right now because I'm really, I consider myself quite lucky to have found myself a really great second career. I mean, I mean, we all change career these days. I mean, we have yeah, multiple sure. careers. I always thought that I'd be a journalist for life because I really like writing and and being a reporter and the, the stature of being a reporter and that it kind of fell into marketing. But, you know, I, if anything, at some point in time, maybe I'd like to, uh, I'd like to mentor entrepreneurs to be more strategic and more less about the tactics. The other side of that is what kind of job would you not like to do? I wouldn't want to re- be a reporter again. That's for sure. Because I think that game has changed. It used to be you had time to build relationships and to travel and to think about what you wanted to write and you could write long-form journalism. And I think mm-hmm. that's disappeared because a lot of journalists these days are you're writing for the web, you're doing podcasts, you're doing videos. You know, there's less real estate mm-hmm. in the newspapers uh, and there's a lot more competition. So I, I think it's a hard way to make a living. And there's a lot of people who are doing it for free. So... I would not want to be a journalist again. I've had my, my time and that's it. So in business, what's your favorite word or quote? And what's your least favorite word? That's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting question. So I would say for sure, storytelling is my favorite word. Mm-hmm. You know, I fundamentally believe in the power of story as the way that we connect and engage with prospects, with customers, with friends, with children, because we as humans are wired for stories. Stories activate a part of our brain that makes us say, that's interesting. I'm going to pay attention to that person. And this day and age, the thing that people don't give you the most is attention. People value their attention very closely. So that's my, so I think that's why storytelling is my favorite word. And my least favorite word I think would be uh, right up there would be solution because in my <laughs> business, everybody's selling a solution and I have no idea what a solution is. I, it's one of these sort of words that, that means nothing. And as a former journalist, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, you know, words are everything. And so I, I'm always looking at, is this the right word? Is this the right sentence? And nitpicking my own, my work and other people. So it's words like that that drive me crazy. So here's another word thing. If you had to pick one or two words to describe yourself, what would they be? Number one would be curious, because I think whether I've been a journalist or an entrepreneur or a consultant, I'm curious about the world around me. I'm curious about people who are doing really interesting things, whether they're building businesses or they're running a business uh, or they're working for a nonprofit. Because you know, when you have curiosity, it's, everything's interesting to you. Like, there's no lack of things to write about or talk about or, or video. And the other thing I would say is energetic. As an entrepreneur, like you're moving all the time. Like You have to be on the go 24-7. And if you don't have energy, then, then you're, you're out of luck. What keeps you up at night? Well, maybe nothing does. I don't know. I think the biggest thing is, um, is getting more business, you know, keeping the pipeline flowing. Because, um, you know, as a consultant, you're, you're always looking for your next gig. And so you never know where it's going to come from. Like, I'd like to have a business where my inbox overflowed, but, but it's hard. And it's so, 
So I do worry about, um, about making more money. Continuity kind of thing. Give me the top three things on your inspired life list. I'm interested just as a friend, actually. I think travel is very inspirational and seeing the world around you. I've been fortunate to do a, a lot of traveling. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting to see how other people live. We, we take things for granted in, in North America because our you know, life here is so easy, relatively speaking. But once you, you know, experience other cultures and, and meet other people, then you realize that, that uh, there's a whole new world out there. And it's full of new experiences and new foods and people. And, um, and that's, that's very inspiring because there's always a surprise. There's always something new around the corner. You know, one of the things that makes life interesting is you have something to look forward to. Is that it's not the same thing every day? So that's inspiring. And I would say, uh, I'd say friends and family. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, work is work, and but you really depend on your network, your friends and family to make make life go right. These are the people who yeah, sure. support you. You know, and, and again, right? You, we, I think we tend to take these people for granted because they're always there. But at the same time. Uh, they're the people who help you wake up in the morning, you know, and, and they inspire you to do good work because if you don't, if you do good work, then you can hopefully get more business. And if you get more business, then you can take care of your family. And it's one of these virtuous circles that goes around and around. So I would say for me, those, those are the two big ones. So seeing as you're a travel demon, here's a nice one that we ask everybody. There's a small tropical island just off Fiji that only has one phone booth and no internet. We drop you off there. You won't have a computer or a smartphone or a tablet. You can use the phone booth located there at any time to call the boat, and we'll come and pick you up. How long would you last before you made that call, and what would you do while you were there? I'd probably last a week, unfortunately. I wish I could say longer. And while I was there, I'd probably do a lot of exploring to see what was on the island and Mm -hmm. if there was things that I could do or things that I could eat or things that I could climb, I would definitely do that. And uh, I'd probably just enjoy the, uh, prob- I was going to say I would, I'd probably enjoy the idea that it would be stress-free and there'd be not a lot of distractions. Uh, but I think after a while, given my personality, it, that would probably drive me a little crazy. So, uh, um, so it'd probably take me a week before I called for help. That's interesting. Um, do you have any advice that you may have received that you want to pass on to other entrepreneurs? I mean, this is a, a show that really is all about people learning from others, basically. Is there some kind of wisdom elements that you think you could pass on based on you doing it for well, well over a decade now, Mark? Well, I think if I had to look back and some of the early advice I got is that, I got is that um, when you're starting a business, perception is reality. And, and by that, I mean that no one really cares, you know, how small you are, or if you've got like a huge amount of experience. What they care about is if they can, be- if they believe what you do, and mm-hmm. if they have, if they have faith in the fact that you can do the job. So when I mean perceptions reality, it's the story that you tell. It's your website. It's your letterhead. It's your videos. It's all those things that can help you build like a, a real strong brand story, a story that people can trust and they can believe in. And I think, you know, when I look back at some of the advice I got, that's one of the things I wish I had done a lot sooner Mm -hmm. and a lot better, because even now I'm trying to improve my brand. So for a lot of entrepreneurs is look like you're the real deal. Don't look like you're like you're doing this for the first time or that you're an amateur or that you're not really an entrepreneur, because if that's the case, then no one's going to have faith in what you do. So 
you know, when you get out of the gate, make sure everything you do looks good. And the other thing is, especially when you start, is make sure that every piece of work that you do is really good. Like throw yourself completely into it and make sure that you do it as best you can because at the end of the day, that's what's going to get you the next piece of business yeah. more than your website or your sales sheet. Good advice. How can our listeners get hold of you? And is there anything you'd like to add, you know, before we kind of call it a day? My website is www.markevans.ca. And you can learn about the workshops that I do and the services that I provide to startups and fast-moving companies. And I guess the other thing that I'm very excited about these days is I just published a book called Marketing Spark. And it's on amazon.ca and amazon.com. And it's really a workbook for entrepreneurs. So it, it's sort of split into two parts. One is around the value of storytelling and helping people embrace the idea that storytelling is important and help them figure out who should tell their stories, where they should tell their stories, and how to craft some of their key stories and their value proposition and their elevator pitches. So in that sense, it really helps you develop your stories. Mm -hmm. And the second part of the book is focused on channels. Like where do you tell your stories? So it's on your website or podcast or speaking or uh, sales sheets. And what makes the book different from a lot of other marketing books is that it's full of tools and templates and worksheets and case studies and illustrations. So it's really user-friendly. So that's why I call it a workbook. So it's a book that you go into, I want to do a podcast. How do I do that? Well, here are the different tools I should use and here are best practices. I want to build my website. How do I do that? So it's, it's almost like, an, like a manual for, for being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And you know, whereas a lot of marketing books are very theoretical and talk about concepts, this is, this is like a book that helps you get stuff done. So um, I'm very excited about that book and how it helps entrepreneurs. Well, Mark, thanks very much for attending and see you next time. Thanks everyone for taking the time today to listen to Toronto's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters or write a review for us on iTunes. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or at canadaspodcast.com. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. I'm Phil Bliss. See you next time.